Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we are celebrating our five-year anniversary for North Shore Vineyard. It was on this weekend five years ago that we had our first weekend service. And so as part of the celebration today, uh, Dina and I are going to share a little bit, but we're also going to hear from uh, several people who joined us in the church over their journey uh, and hear from some of their testimonies about how they've experienced God. So Let's go ahead and head over to the celebration, North Shore Vineyard Church, downtown Covington. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, today is our five-year anniversary, so today we're going to kind of share a little bit of our story here. Um, and when I say our story, where's Dina? Oh, Dina, you got to come up and join me here. Um, yes, the first lady of North Shore Vineyard. Do you want to sit on which, which? No, I didn't know I was coming up here. Oh, yeah. You, how's Facebook? No, I had somebody um, tell me I needed to be in here. So they're doing children's church service for me. That's nice. I know. We're going to put her on Grace's mic. So, um, so anyway, we're going to kind of tell the story today of, of how we got started here. Some of y'all are new here, so uh, there's a lot of people who've just come in the last year. And then to celebrate today, um, rather than hearing uh, from me the whole time, um, okay, that's fun. You got a video of somebody. Okay. And uh, me? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> she videos me all the time. It's embarrassing. Um not so much. Uh, so, and then we're going to, I've just asked a few people uh, who've been in our church from various phases uh, to share a little bit about how they've encountered God in the journey. So, um, so basically, you know, looking back on the past five years, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. We, as, as you saw in that video there, uh, you know, kind of our first services here looked more like a tailgating party for LSU. You know, it was a bunch of people in... Uh, those little uh, camping chairs in a room together, 20 people or so. But I, I want to rewind a bit back to um, when I first became a part of the, the vineyard in Kenner. Um, I, I've joked around quite a bit that I'm kind of the last person I thought would have ever been a pastor because I really had gotten to the point where I was not a fan of church at all. You know, um, my first 10 years of being a Christian uh, were enough to give me some pretty bad experiences in church. <laughs> Amen. And, um, and, 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 you know, I, I really, by the late 90s, had got to a point of just deconstructing everything. I was like, why churches? Why buildings? Why pastors? Why anything? Why do we sing worship songs? And, and, and I was doing this as somebody who had a band at the time and was traveling around, so I knew my answers could potentially uh, negatively affect that. And I was kind of the point where I was like, you know, I'll, I'll walk away from that too. Like, I just, I just want something that, that looks like Jesus. And um, because I found that oftentimes my experience with church was that it didn't help me come to know Jesus more, but just gave me more baggage to work through in my life. And so I really got to this point where I was, uh, it was, it was really sad. Like our band, like you know, everybody in our band had just had bad experiences. We all went to different churches, and, and we were playing worship in churches. It probably was not a good thing because we, we just uh, talked bad about churches the whole way over. Lead worship, then talk, <laughs> talk bad. Um, but it was, it was just a, it was a rough time. And uh, I had been called to the Kinner Vineyard uh, to, to fill in for worship one time because they were up to like five services. And I led worship, and they said, hey, you want to be our full-time worship leader? Because Phil at that time was doing like... Uh, half the services on the weekend, Brian, the other half, and and uh, they're like, it'd be good to have a guy do this. And I was like, nah, my band was still playing. So a couple of years later, the band broke up, and they and I filled in again. They said, hey, you you want to consider this again? And and as as weird as it was, as much as angst that I had towards the church, Dean and I began to pray about it. We just felt like, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. Now, having said that, I had never really attended a, a weekend service at the Kenner Vineyard before I took the job. <laughs> 
I knew Brian, and, and I knew Phil, and, and the, the people were lovely the, that I knew, but I had uh, I'd never attended there, and I took the job, and so my first service there, um, I'm leading worship on a Sunday morning for five services. And, um, but I have to say that, that for Dina and I, the experience was, uh, and just, just immediately, those first couple of weeks, we would go home saying, wow, this feels like home. This finally feels like a place where we fit, that, that speaks our language. I loved, I loved how at the vineyard in Kenner, like, there was not a whole lot of pretense. I'd been around a lot of just off-the-charts crazy stuff in the charismatic world where it just always felt like, you know, okay, it's, it's time to get crazy. But, and, and there's times where, you know, God does crazy stuff, but it almost felt like it's sometimes like just people making it happen. And... Um, and, like, you have to have this kind of pep rally kind of thing. And, and I loved at the Vineyard that there was, there was no pressure to act a certain way or worship a certain way or, uh, you know, go through the motions. I love the fact that you could come in with questions and, and even with doubts, and you wouldn't be ostracized for those doubts and those questions. Everywhere I'd been up to that point, if I had a question for the pastor or, or a disagreement, it's like, you know, you're, you're in rebellion, <laughs> uh, hit the road, get in line. And that wasn't the case there. And, and so for Dina and I, it was just an a, a incredible time of growing in God in a healthy context. For the first time in our lives, we actually had a healthy experience of, of, of being in church. Now, it wasn't always easy. Sometimes it was very difficult. But what made it different was... There was a spirit of humility. You know, you can go through difficult times with people who have a spirit of humility, and, and you can learn and grow. And, and that, that was a very different thing to encounter that. And so very quickly, probably within about a year, I start feeling like, man, there needs to be more churches like this because uh, there's a lot of people like me. You know, I used to do campus ministry, college ministry at SLU in Hammond, and I would say probably most of the people that are, were in our campus ministry back then have, have, are not in church anymore. And it's not because they gave up on God. It's just because they just ceased to identify with the church. Their, their lives were a lot easier to just believe in Jesus and not show up at a gathering. And I had wrestled through all my angst and everything, and, and I'd actually considered doing just a home church, unorganized kind of thing like that. And we tried it a few times uh, with my band and people. The, the thing that I realized very quickly, though, is you can be a very small group of bitter, angry people, and that's no fun. <laughs> Not saying that every home church is like that, but, but that was our experience. was like, you know, we're going to get together and, you know, be angry about all our hurts. And um, the other side was that I just felt like in my heart, and part of this is probably just being a musician, uh, I wanted to be a part of a group of people that actually lived out their faith in a way that connected to the culture, you know, that wasn't a subculture trying to circle the wagons on the side and, and just ignoring the rest of the world, hanging on until Jesus comes back, but a group of people who could actually engage in the culture conversation. So about a year into it, I'm, I'm like, Dina, I think we ought to plant a church. And she said, no, you married the wrong woman. <laughs> And she was very adamant about this. I, I brought it up on, on a few occasions, and the response that I got was, no way. Uh, I'm not going to be a pastor's wife. Um, I followed you this far, but, but I'm not going to that level, you know. And I had enough years of marriage under my belt to realize at that point that it was not good to try to drag your wife kicking and screaming into uh, major decisions without her approval. So... Uh, I finally just said, okay, God, if we're ever going to do this thing, then um, she's got to hear from you. And I'm not going to pressure her at all. Uh, she's got to come to this conclusion herself. And so for the next six years, um, <laughs> I just waited. And in that time, we had Hurricane Katrina, and the, the Kenner Vineyard had just moved into a new building. Uh, hadn't even had their first service there. And all of a sudden, there's, there's a quarter million dollars a damage to that building, but we're hosting teams from around the country for, for the next three years, and I got very involved with that, and it was a, it was a huge learning experience for me. I think uh, being a pastor going through that 
probably got a whole lot more than I ever got out of a, a seminary education because there's something about uh, reaching out to broken people who've lost everything and just, you know, feeding them and, and you know, listening to them. And, and it, it just began to change my heart. But even after Katrina, I kept going, well, God, okay, is it time to plant a church now? And I felt like the Lord was always saying to me, no, you're just in school. Just keep learning. And so I just kept learning, trying to at least. Uh, that's probably why it took so long. Um, and then finally, it was 2009. It was, uh, we had gone out to Texas on Mardi Gras break, as we do quite often. And we're driving back, and it's Ash Wednesday, and... Um, I brought it up again. I just said, you know, Dana, I, I think she knew in her heart that someday this is going to happen, uh, even though she wasn't a fan of it. <laughs> and, and I said, you know, I just think it might be time to do this church planning thing. And um, I think we've got a window here. If we wait much longer, I don't think we're going to do it. But uh, I was expecting as soon as I brought it up to get the typical answer, and then we'd go on and I'd wait uh, some more. And she said, yeah, I think you're right. And it was funny because both of the kids are kind of asleep in the back seat. And we just felt the peace of God on, on that decision right there. Which, by the way, I would just say, uh, married couples, um, that's a good thing to arrive at. <laughs> you know, for any major decisions in life, uh, it's worth, I think that's kind of the checks and balances that God puts in, in marriage. I mean, Dean and I are very opposite in the way that we approach a lot of things. But being able to have a sense of, of God's in this, and, and we feel like he's doing that. That, that was great. And, and that would be very meaningful to us once we actually stepped out of doing this because we can always come back, no matter how hard church planning has been on a few occasions, we can always come back to, hey, we both thought we heard God. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe we were both deceived at the same time, but we, we both thought we heard God <laughs> uh, do this. And so we get back from, from, from that trip, and, and we're like, we're going to do this. And there was just such, there was kind of a, um, I'll say this, nice, a kind of an oh, crap factor, um, <laughs> that all of a sudden she said yes. And now, now it's like, oh, well, now I've got to, wow, this is, this is crazy. So that kicked us into a whole area of, like, you know, anxiety about the future. What if we do this? What if it just, you know. What if nobody shows up? What if it's a horrible failure? All that stuff we had to wrestle through. But uh, eventually, you know, um, you know, I met with Phil it, it, from the South Shore Vineyard, the pastor down there. Initially, he wasn't a big fan of the idea just because I, he didn't quite see it coming that particular day. He knew it was probably going to happen at some point. Uh, so he was shocked. He said, okay, well, we'll send you out in a month or something. <laughs> and we're like, wait, we don't want to leave that quick. It's okay. You know, like, and so he... Uh, uh, after a couple days to get used to it, he's like, okay, no, this is a good thing, and we're going to send you out in November. So um, so in 2009, the summer of 2009, we began meeting as a small group. There was about 10 or 12 of us. We met over at Mike and Beth's house in Madisonville. I expected that we were going to start with a small group of maybe 30 people because there was a lot of people that were commuting from the North Shore to the South Shore. I realized very quickly in our info meetings that most people don't want to be a part of a startup church plant thing. Um, <laughs> it, takes a, it takes a certain kind of temperament to jump in. And um, so there was 10 or 12 of us and we started meeting at, at Mike and Beth's home. And then by, by that fall, we did our first alpha class at uh, Matina Bella's restaurant couple blocks from here and I by, by the way I just we kind of looked at a few different areas we just really felt drawn to downtown Covington because the idea of we wanted to be engaged in like the the local culture we wanted to actually be at a at a place where people actually like would visit not a strip mall on the in, edge of town you know a lot of vineyards are in strip malls and that's great but we wanted to actually be in the middle of things so we could participate with the culture participate in the conversation um and so that's kind of where we landed on downtown Covington. So we did our first thing, an alpha course, which was just a 10-week course on the basics of Christianity. How many of y'all have been through an alpha course before? I've got a few people in here. Yeah, yeah, quite a few. Um, and basically, alpha, you just have a dinner, a talk, and a conversation. It's real laid back. But my exposure to alpha and Kenner was like, the first time I did, I was like, this would be a wonderful way to start a church. Instead of starting with a service, invite people to sit down and break bread and talk. I love that. 
Matter of fact, during 2000 and 2008, 2009, I, I came across a book, one of my favorite books ever, called uh, Reaching Out by Henry Nowen. And uh, I've quoted this book on many times, but I think for a church planner, it was just, just great. Henry Nowen says, and I, I use this quote all the time, he says, hospitality is not to change people, but to offer an atmosphere in which change can take place. Growing up as an evangelical, charismatic, I, I would talk to people that weren't in church quite often, but it was always with the agenda of trying to get to, you know, convince them they're wrong and that I'm right and they need to believe what I believe. But Henry Nouwen framed faith in, in a way that we can set a table and we can all come together and break bread and we can all learn something of God from each other. And I love that. And so we started this church not with a weekend service, but, but by sitting around tables at Bettina Bella. We had a jazz band in there and just kind of, uh, it felt like New Orleans, you know, opening night till you walk out on a Tuesday night into downtown Covington and hear crickets. But we started our church like that, and, and, and it just set the vibe, the tone for what we wanted to do. And as you noticed by several of the, the pictures that, that were up on the screen, uh, food has been an integral part of everything we do. Um, I'm a lot heavier than I was uh, when we started the church. Um, so uh, I was looking really thin in one of those pictures. Uh, don't say amen to that. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yes. So we we ended up launching the church out of that during our first weekend service five years ago on this weekend, and we started over in the children's ministry building. Most of the the pictures that you saw at the beginning there were from that that time when we were just in this little it is the tiniest building we had to go to two services within six months because you can only fit like 60 adults in there and um, anyway here we are five years down the road and and honestly it's been uh, there have been sometimes have been very difficult personally health-wise different things that have happened um, relational stuff that you know being in a small church it's not as easy to hide out from stuff as it is when you're you know, you show up at a church of a couple thousand people, you can be anonymous. It's not so, when we were in that other building, it was really hard to be anonymous. Uh, we, anybody who struggled with claustrophobia did not last 30 seconds there. But I will say that these have been some of the best years of my life, and I, I'm truly grateful to, to see what God has done here. It's, it's, you have no idea what this thing is going to look like when you start it. I mean, you really have no clue. Um, I don't even think I had a clue on, well, all kinds of stuff. Um, we'll, we'll leave it there. I could, I could start naming things, but enough self-deprecation uh, here. Uh, but we just want to say that, that we're, we're really privileged to be a part of this community. And, and, and I've come over the years to have, I, I, I just, I love, there's, a, there's a, few, a handful of you in here that I knew before we moved over here. But I, when I look at the people that are in my life today, that are they're truly close friends. Like, this, this just happened in the last few years. And, and when I look around and see how, uh, how the people in this church are, are getting connected with one another and taking care of one another, reaching out to the community and stuff, like, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. So today, do you have anything to add? <laughs> so this morning to to celebrate we're going to have a, a few people um, share just some, some brief testimonies um, of, of how they've encountered God here at the church so um, some of these uh, a bunch of the guys said they're going really quick so the, the ladies said they're going to take up the rest of the time so um <laughs> So we're just going to invite a few people up here. Uh, how about we start with Noah? Yeah, Noah Mormina. You, yeah, you Harry, you can give him this one, and I'll take that. <laughs> I got to take notes on my phone. Hi. Is that? There we go. So uh, my wife and I started attending here just under three years ago, and in our previous experiences, we both grew up in the same church. We attended the same church our whole lives. 
going to church was keeping up appearances. It was saying the right things, speaking the secret church language, and, uh, and following all the rules that people had for you. Because if you didn't follow the rules, then you were apostate and you need to get out of there. Uh, and eventually we got burnt out by that whole system. And I, I looked around online for probably 20 or 30 churches in the area, and, and I found Crispin's messages here, and I listened to a bunch of them. We came in to visit one day, and, uh, and we found something different. We found real people. We found people who weren't afraid to be themselves. We found people who, who would be transparent with us and tell us the problems they were having and, and just share what they were going through. And that was so refreshing for us because we had honestly never experienced that at a church before. And, uh, and the other thing that we experienced was we were actually encouraged to ask questions, to question what we had always thought we knew and to uh, explore our faith in a, in a new way. And that was really cool because when we started doing that for the first time in our adult lives, we realized that we were growing in our faith, and that was just huge for us. You know, we were getting closer to God, and, uh, and that was a big deal. And through that process, we also made some incredible friendships, and, uh, and that's another thing we had never quite experienced in, in church before. We, everybody was at arm's length because you had to keep up the appearance. And here, we have some really deep, close, personal relationships with people, and uh, we wouldn't trade it for anything. So thank you all. So, let's see, who are we going to pull up? Uh, how about Pat? Pat Alvarez in here? Oh, Pat. Yeah. Pat had played bass on a, a CD I recorded years ago, and he moved out of town, and I found out he was back in the area when we were going through the Philippians series, and I did a song based on one of the passages in Philippians that he played on, so... I invited him uh, here because he had moved back in the area. So, here we go. Yeah, matter of fact, that's how uh, that's how I first started coming to the church. He invited me to come play, and then uh, and then that was it. So uh, let me just read this real quick. This is from from Rachel and I. We both wrote it. Um, let me see, uh, I've pretty much grown up in church. It was just an accepted part of my life. I loved the church I grew up in, but I loved, what I loved about it was the worship and the people that influenced me. And, uh, and that was pretty much it. In recent years, I um, came to a place in my life where I had some choices to make. I came to a place where I presented well, I was presented with the choice of whether or not I wanted to be called a Christian or even identify myself with that label. I heard someone say recently, I'm not a bird or a book I read. I came to experience Christ through the people in his church, and not because someone explained the nuts and bolts of Christianity to me, but because people were willing to be the nuts and bolts. Over the years, we've been here at North Shore Vineyard, I've come to love the people, the teaching, and the worship. I've grown from a place of resistance and isolation to a place of true community, participating in life with people who aren't pretending to be, who are pretending to have Christianity, Jesus, the Bible, and everyday life all figured out. Most of the time, we're not pretending to have everything together. I appreciate now more than ever being surrounded by people who are honest enough to admit their humanity and to find that we can love each other anyway, just like our Father in Heaven does, understanding that we're not supposed to make it on our own. Um, at one point in my life, I was paid to go to church and to play. Now I come to church because I... This is my home. This is, you know, every, everybody here, you guys are family. I want to be here. I want to play here. And, um, and I, I just, you know, I appreciate the friendships that I've, that I've had here. That's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what broke the shell, just having, you know, new brothers and sisters. And, and um, I just love you guys. And uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate Crispin. You know, and um, for calling me that for calling me that time to come to church here, you know that's what that's what started it. And I just appreciate Crispin and Dina, and and I know Rachel does too. Rachel, she's I can't tell you how much she has grown, and 
you know, with, with the relationships that she has found. And I can't, I, I can't express enough how, how grateful I am for some of the women here that's reached out to her. And I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I just, I'm so grateful for the Lord. I'm, I'm looking forward for the years to come, you know, to see what God is going to do with this church and, um, and what he's going to do with people. And I know I don't know everybody here, but I will get a chance to, you know, know everybody. And because uh, I, I really believe the relationship is, is that you that you encounter with people that that is going to change you. That is that's that's going to want you to know God. It's through the relationships. It's not through, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, you being real and you being open and, and um, you know, and sharing your weaknesses and sharing your failures and, you know, and, um, you know, and, uh, and I just, I just, you know, I thank God for this, for this place, this community, and, uh, and I love you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. How about is Roxy around here? Roxy. Everybody's ducking when I'm looking for this. <laughs> I was trying to get a sip of water, but then I was out. So, anyways, um, my name's Roxy. Um, we started coming here about two years ago, um, but I feel like I should start off saying that um, I feel like um, I'm a part of like I've been addicted to religion, you know, and I feel like I'm kind of confessing my time right here because until about two years ago really struggling with that consistently in my life. I had an amazing relationship with the Lord at nine when he spoke to me, and then the addiction started of Sunday school classes and teachings and teachings and what you should and what you shouldn't do and, and how to be cautious of who you talk to because you might become one of those people. So we quit loving people and quit ministering to the outside, and when we kind of came here, I was broken I was ready to abandon the church. I was ready to find what the truth was because what I had was not truthful. What I had was not what God had always been for me. And um, one of the greatest experiences whenever we came here, whenever I had a aha moment was... Um, of how hard I was on myself and how can you love people when you don't really love yourself? How can you accept people? How can you see them for where they are whenever you weren't worth being loved yourself? And um, we were doing communion and it'll be hard. <laughs> we were doing communion and um, Crispin had given the message about it wasn't about us. and. Since I was little, it was a, you got to confess. What did you do wrong? What have you done wrong before you've ever partaken in, in any spiritual part of who God was in that moment? And um, for the first time, <laughs> I took and experienced the Lord. And I'm like, wow, I'm 32 at that time, 32 years old. You know, this, I should have a ripened relationship, right, with the Lord. And here I find myself, 32 years old, weeping like I was when I was nine, finding a real relationship again, finding the truth, finding the good news. And um, every message is like that here. It's life-giving. It's Jesus. It's, it's not performance. It's not what can you do, what can't you do, what have you done, what haven't you done. It's not what have those people done. It's just what is Jesus doing? And you're good enough to hear Jesus where you are right now, no matter what you are doing, no matter what you're not doing. He is so present in everything that we do that every day I can see the beauty in what he's doing and not what I'm doing. And I am so thankful for the new message that I hear at this church and for the people that are so transparent here and so loving and the kind faces that have greeted us since the day we walked in and the unconditional love that we have felt here. And we've gone through some hard times and 
lost a friend, and this church came together when they hardly even knew us and just put their arms around us. And um, I am so grateful and so proud to be a part of something so beautiful that um, I hate it when I miss at this point. I hate it, you know? So um, thank you for sharing what y'all have. Thanks, Roxy. Johnny? Johnny, all right, there you are. Johnny Lanou. All right, y'all keep up with me, I'm a little ADD. Uh, my wife and I have known Crispin and Dina uh, a long time. We see Dina was waiting on tables and Crispin had long hair, shaved on one side, falling off the back of the stage. <laughs> but uh, it's great to see that they've, they've got a great ministry here. Uh, and over a year ago, we were in bad shape. We were, you know, my family was falling apart. I was sick. Verge of death. And uh, we moved over here. No prospects. No job. Nothing. Just the church. Actually, we moved over here for the church. Because we've known them for a long time. We've done a lot of stuff over here with y'all. And <coughs> Excuse me. And we love you guys, and it always feels good here. You know, it feels good. It feels like home. So um, we came over here a little over a year ago. We had no idea what we were going to do. Um, since then, Ashley's found a job, and I found a job. Uh, we've got an old house about a block or two or three blocks away. Um, and uh, <laughs> before we knew it, Crispin called, said a few people would be there to help. It was, it was like Thanksgiving weekend. Okay, and we thought it'd be way too much to hope for, uh, but then he showed up with Ezra, and then Zach called, uh, said he was going to come back early from his family trip to Alabama. Uh, he worked all night till about midnight. Floyd, uh, Billy, and Barry came and helped and worked, and uh, suddenly, had, like we had a team of professional movers. So you know, it's like the church is all about people, and it's about the truth. I hear Christmas getting slammed for telling the truth. You know, people don't want to hear the truth. It's like, how would you like your truth today? What portion of the truth do you want to hear? <laughs> well, if you don't want to hear the truth, don't come to Vineyard. <laughs> but uh, the greatest thing about, about coming over here is if my kids, uh, and, and believe me, we have left a lot of churches over my kids. And if you're a parent, you probably have to. They don't treat your kids right. Or you don't have a, something for your kids. Uh, my son plays drums. My youngest is going to be playing something before long. Anyway, last night I asked Davis uh, what the church meant to him, what meant the most to him. And I thought he'd say something about playing music, you know, or something like that. But uh, <laughs> uh, he said he can't wait to hear Crispin preach every week. He's 17 years old, okay? Uh, he said he misses it. Uh, and when he misses it, he gets, he gets it on the podcast. Because it has taught him that instead of staying away from or avoiding people who are bad or maybe doing bad things in the world's eyes, he should be seeking those people out to show them the love of Jesus because they may never see it from anyone else. That's why we love it here. Let's see, how about Christy? You ready? <laughs> Woohoo! Nervous? Yeah. It's all right. They let me talk here all the time. So. Well, I'm nervous because uh, all of you have made me cry, so <laughs> I'm afraid that I'm going to cry up here. Um, before I tell you where I am now, I needed to explain a little bit about where I came from. In my early 20s, my parents started going to the Kenner, Kenner Vineyard. Um, they loved it and wanted my brother and I to go with them. They had brought us up Catholic, and I didn't understand this church that they were going to. I told them that they were crazy and that they were involved in a cult. 
<laughs> and that I refused to go. But at the same time, I had started to notice that they were changing. They were happier, and their relationship was better. So one Easter Sunday, when my dad asked us to go to church with them, my brother and I grudgingly went. I was hooked. I fell in love with the music and the people and the sense of community. I started attending service every Sunday and getting involved. My dad, who was a recovering addict, was very involved with the outreach program. He helped come up with some of the ideas to help in our community. I had never seen him happier. On April 29, 2005, my world changed forever. My dad died very suddenly. I was so angry with God. I didn't understand how he could let this happen. I was broken, and I stopped going to church. I didn't think I would ever be able to go back. But fast forward seven years, and I was married and living on the North Shore, and I knew that there was something else that I needed in my life. And I had heard that Crispin and Dina were planning a vineyard church over here. And I felt God's calling. Sorry, guys, I can't see my words anymore. <laughs> <coughs> I felt God's calling and knew that it was time to go back to church. While I was happy in my life and marriage, I knew something was missing. It took me several years, but I was finally ready to face God again. So one Sunday in 2012, Scott and I attended service at North Shore Vineyard. When I walked in, I knew that I was home. We were immediately greeted with smiles and warm welcomes. Since that Sunday, we have never looked back. I have met some of the most caring, loving, and compassionate people, and I have made lifelong friendships that completely fill my heart. Scott and I have had the opportunity to become involved in children's ministry and hospitality and have enjoyed every minute of serving. I have grown so much in my spirituality in these last two years. I was baptized as a baby, but last year had the opportunity to be baptized as an adult. It was such an amazing experience to be able to make the conscious decision to serve God and serve others. I was surrounded by so much love on that day. I am so glad that I listened when God called me to be a part of this church. I am so truly blessed to be, be surrounded by so many people that love Jesus and love each other. Thank you, Crispin and Dina, for allowing us to be on this amazing journey with you. Happy five-year anniversary, and I look forward to many more years being part of our Vineyard family. Thank you. Thanks, Christy. James, you want to share something? I'll share a brief, brief. Uh, you know, I had people send in te testimonies, and, and, and Al LeBlanc, uh, he sent in a testimony. He said sent, he was on our core team when we planted. He says uh, his testimony, he's, is he's never in his whole life spent so much time in church as he has these last five years. So that's something. <laughs> Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is James, and we came here initially, not too long after church got started, we were in the old building. Um, we stopped coming for a time, didn't want to, but we did. I made that decision to try to keep things together in my family. And in the meantime, we kept church hopping. We are going from church to church, trying to find a place. But my sons, Marcus and Josiah, they kept telling me, Dad, I want to go back to Vineyard. Thank you, James. I want to go back to Vineyard. We want to go back to Vineyard. We like Vineyard. Uh, we like Crispin. We like the people there. We like feeling at home. And I kept resisting it. And I could see in our family a Katrina on the horizon that we weren't going to be able to avoid, couldn't evacuate from. And I knew that we needed a place where we could be anchored. I knew that we needed a place where we could be at home. And we made a decision to come back earlier this year. Since then, it's been chaotic and difficult and painful. But the amazing thing about this place is the people. They've welcomed us and opened their hearts and their arms, and they smile genuinely, which is a small kindness that means the world when you're suffering. They ask us how, how we're doing, and they're sincere about it. They mean it. 
they tell me that they're going to pray for us, and I can tell by their eyes that they're going to do exactly that. And that's meant everything. The boys love coming here. They listen, which is pretty amazing for two teenagers. <laughs> and I'm grateful because Crispin has the courage to do what not many in ministry have to do, have the courage to do, and that's to stand up here and be transparent and be honest and be vulnerable and show grace and compassion and speak the truth of love. That's a rarity. And I know because I've been in, through, been in a lot of churches, been in ministry before. He gets up here and he exposes himself, he exposes his own heart. He talks about his failures, he talks about his mistakes, he talks about falling down and getting back up again. He talks about the ministry and the gospel of Jesus in the life of Crispin and his family. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. This is a really, really special place. We have an amazing thing going on in this place. And we're really, really grateful to be here. Thanks. Thanks, James. Well, Faith, you ready? Faith and Zach, they, they, they jumped in with our core team uh, a few years ago. and Faith's been pregnant most of the time that they've been a part of this church. I'm not pregnant now. But you're not pregnant right no. now. So. Never again. <laughs> um, I'm terrified to speak in front of people, just to let you know. You're never on the um, stage. Yeah, I know. You would think that I would feel at home up here, but I'm not. Um, so to give you guys a little brief um, history, before... Vineyard, Zach and I were on this journey about four years long, looking, praying for, searching for a church that we just really felt at home in. And um, we looked on the North Shore, the South Shore, everywhere we could go. Just couldn't find the place where we felt like we could fit. And um, we decided as a last-ditch effort to just go to the Kinder Vineyard because we were familiar with Vineyard. And... Um, because of our, you know, growing up, he went to a vineyard, I went to a vineyard, we both love vineyards. So we go to the Kinder Vineyard, we end up loving it. Um, we walk out to the car after that, that um, it was a Saturday night, and I kind of breathed this sigh of relief, like, oh, finally, you know, finally found a place where, um, love the worship, love the message, and I felt God was there. And so um, community is really important to Zach and I. And um, over the span of a few months of going to the church and commuting, we realized that we were lacking living life with the people who were there. It was very difficult living 50 minutes away, you know, both ways to just live life. So we were praying about moving, um, which sounds crazy. We really didn't want to, but we were like, well, you know, we finally found a place we should consider this. And a friend of mine who knew us and knew that we were considering that and also knew Crispin and Dina um, came up to me. She's like, I have a secret to tell you. And um, <laughs> she's like, I think you should know this before making your decision, but Crispin and Dina are planning a church on the North Shore. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. Um, this is what we've been praying for. So we decided to kind of dive in, um, jump in with both feet, and started going to the meeting at Mike and Beth's house. And I'll fast forward to now, and like hindsight looking back, um, I remember walking into that building or to that, that meeting being terrified. Um, I was a very broken and wounded, tired, weary person who was pretty much ready to give up on God, but I felt like I couldn't because I was scared of God. So I felt like if I gave up on him, then I was surely going to hell, and I didn't want to do that. So <clears throat> I kind of... I was holding on to God like out of obligation and um, I was keeping people at arm's length distance I felt very rejected walking in anywhere I went just because of the baggage that I was carrying with me and um, the next four years of what Zach and I have journeyed through um, I would describe it as a 
time, a journey of undoing. Um, uh, Zach and I have gone through some pretty intense trials these past four and a half years that some people in here know about and journeyed with us. And what I realized was throughout this time, God was undoing these ideas of who he was um, in my heart through the people who were journeying with us in our trials and in our valleys and in our hardships. Um, we experienced unconditional love. Um, I experienced um, people just weeping with us when we were weeping, um, space to grieve when we were grieving. Um, I experienced the hands and feet of Jesus as our financial, physical, spiritual, and emotional needs were met. Um, and I experienced God's love and a space to just question, like so many people have said. We were, we were allowed to question. We were allowed to ask God, like, really, really hard questions and wrestle with them. And um, we were never shamed. We were never told, you got to get, get over it in a hurry or um, just trust God. Everything will be fine. We were never told any of that. We were allowed space to just journey, and people here journeyed with us. And that's where I have experienced the love of God and him undoing my very distorted views of who he is through the faces and the hearts and the souls and the hands and feet of the people here. Um, and so that's what I would say to me. Um, that's what church is. Like we love the Sunday morning stuff and the meetings or classes. Like that's really awesome and I love it. But church to me is living in relationship with one another and journeying together and walking through the valleys together, crying with one another if we need to, rejoicing with one another if we need to rejoice. And we experience the love of God together and point one another towards Jesus. And um, I'm excited because I know that the foundation of Vineyard has been on love, God's love. Um, and like you said, humility. And I've seen that grow, and I've seen that spread in my heart and in the hearts of people here. And I look forward to seeing it. Well, I should say that I feel like it's grown and grown and grown here, and that it's only a natural overflow that it's spilling out into the community, into the streets, and the people that we are in contact every contact with every day. And um, I'm just e eternally grateful. I, I don't even have the words to say that would give justice to just what this church means to me. It's priceless. Um, you can't fabricate this. You can't manufacture it. It's happened organically, and that's a beautiful thing. And um, thank you, Dina and Crispin, for saying yes to what must have been a very scary, hard thing to say yes to, um, just filled with uncertainty and trepidation, I'm sure. But thank you. And thanks for letting us journey with you. And yay to more years, right? <laughs> we got one more person, Penny. Penny's going to share a little word. Penny's going to preach it down, you know. Dang, we're talking about all this love and community, and you just tripped her, like, in front of everybody. Like. It's her baby doll. I tripped over. You don't need to bring that to church, Lauren. I'm not. There are, there are limits what I can deal with on a Sunday morning. <laughs> that was, oh, man, I thank you, each one of you who shared. That was amazing. Um, I have nothing to add to that. I know what it sounds like is that a lot of us, we, we've been in these religious situations where we feel like we can't show up as who we really are. You know, you got you to gotta put your mask on in the car before you can get out and walk in the building. And at some point in my journey, I looked around the room where I was at and thought, do I even know these people? And do they, do they know me? And it was about that time that Brian and I showed up here four years ago. And let me tell you, that has not been my experience at North Shore Vineyard. Uh, we have experienced an overwhelming sense of very authentic 
community. You guys have embraced me with love and grace and compassion. You have listened to my stories, whether they're up here or out in the parking lot. It's, it's the community that I am most grateful for. The teaching is great. The worship is great. But it's you guys. It's the relationships that we are experiencing here. That, that, that's where God is showing up in my life. You know, I love when I get to come up here and do announcements because there's this moment before I say anything. And I get to look out at all of you. And you guys are having this amazing conversation I mean, it just seems like a crime to, to make y'all come and sit back down. I mean, it is so beautiful. If, if I'm being honest, I think that those moments in between the teaching and worship, those are the most sacred, holy moments that happen on a Sunday morning. And when I look at you guys from up here. I don't just recognize your faces. I think about all of the times that I've experienced the image of God in each of you because I know that you guys value this environment of safety and grace because you've been vulnerable enough to share your stories with me and let me walk with you in your joys and in your pains and your doubts and questions and all of your discoveries, I feel like all of that just gets thrown out onto the table here. And it is such a gift to get to be a part of this community. Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm going to invite the band up. We're going to close with one song here. That is it okay to do Tom Petty in church? Yeah. Yes. For some reason, when we got, we stepped out on this journey back in 2009, Tom Petty became the soundtrack of our journey. Um, songs like Running Down a Dream, uh, Free Fallen. <laughs> um, and I Won't Back Down. And, and the song that we want to do for you today, uh, Learning to Fly. I, I think that it kind of, that that one little phrase, learning to fly, it kind of feels like what we're doing as a community. <laughs> we're learning. Uh, we're not always succeeding, but we keep learning together. We keep learning uh, about Jesus and his ways together, and, and, and we're helping each other in this. So. And I think we've heard a lot of that today. So. Well, it started out down a dirty road Started out All alone And the sun went down As across the hill And the town lit up The world got still I'm learning the hardest thing with well, the good old